Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this show is presented by Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities, and it just takes three easy steps. Go to mercurymile.com. Fill out your preferences and sizes, and then they will send you out a box of curated goodies that are just right for you and the season. And by season, I mean freezing cold temperatures. Um, This is Wednesday night. I think it's like negative, I think negative 4,000 degrees in the Midwest, roughly speaking. So you might need new gear. Just saying that you might need some new gear. If you do, go to mercurymile.com and use code RAMBLINGRUNNER10 at checkout. Also, if you go to mercurymile.com, you can also go onto their email list, their email newsletter. So that's kind of like a pop-up that comes up right when you get to the site. I like that because it also puts you on to whatever sales they're having. So right now, they're having their semi-annual sale. sale. It's like 40 to 60% off of already low prices. And who doesn't like that? Good running stuff on a good deal? I'll take it. So mercurymile.com. This episode is with Allison Staples. I met Allison this past summer at the the Under Armour Vermont uh, mountain race up at Killington. They had three of these races around the country. I was at the Killington race, as was she, with a bunch of her running friends from Baltimore. I love talking to Allison. I've, talking to her, I've talked to her in person and via social media for a while now. She is super just excitable, happy, positive, but down to earth at the same time. We just had a really fun conversation. She has such a positive mindset that she exudes not only in her running, but as a community organizer, both like politically, but also from a sports perspective. She also does this in her professional life. We touched on all of it in this episode. Uh, She works, um, you know, just basically helping people get back on their feet from spinal cord injuries. We talk a lot about that. I actually saw her in my LinkedIn profile, in my LinkedIn newsfeed <laughs> a couple months ago. And we talk about that. It was just this inspirational um, video that wasn't posted about her, but she was in it. And I like almost like dropped my coffee cup as I was watching it. I was like, hey, I know who that is. And I couldn't wait to, to tell her I saw it. And um, anyway, enough about me. This is about Allison Stables. She's great. You're going to love her. And for all of you who think I talk too quickly, and I do on occasion... You might want to slow this episode down because Allison talks even more quickly than I do. So this episode is about 40 minutes long, but we probably cover enough topics uh, for a 60-minute episode. But I know you'll love it because Allie's the best. So here we go. My conversation with Allison Staples. Hello, Allison, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah, this was a this was a great year. In fact, 2018 was the year I got to meet Allison Staples in person. <laughs> after after many months of of IG stalking your friendships. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know who is stalking who more. I I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion I was probably stalking you more. <laughs> it all worked um, out in the end. <laughs> but it all worked out in the end. Yeah, so we got to see each other up at uh, up in Vermont, up in Killington Mountain Race. Um, so I ran the 5k cause yeah. I'm, 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 I'm soft. 
Oh, it's okay. I, so, I did the 25K. It's my first trail race. Um, and it was it was the hardest thing I have done up until that. <laughs> that's a huge statement. Yeah, it, it was pretty tough. But it was, it was really fun. Um, I'm not a trail runner. I love racing on the road. So for me to do, like, nature stuff with dirt and grass and, and bugs, I'm just totally against it. But I figured, uh, you know, if I'm out there, why not? So did the 25K. So what, so, you know, given your proclivity for basically doing all things road running, what mm-hmm. made you want to do that race? It was on my um, bucket list to do a trail race. And then the, you know, I'm good friends with a lot of people from Under Armour and the opportunity just presented itself. And then a couple of my friends went. So it was just like a great big time in a party, a party in the mountains. Yeah. You had a pretty good crew that came up. So how, how did that work in terms of connecting with Under Armour and, and getting, you know, what was the group that came up with you? Obviously I know some of this, but just uh-huh. to set the context. Yeah. I um, So I co-lead a group here in Baltimore called Riot Squat Running. And we met about three years ago. Well, I joined the group about three years ago, um, all on social media, all on Instagram. Um, and now I'm co-lead it. So it's really cool just to watch the group grow and um, all of us to support each other. And this is our first trip that we've done together. And since Under Armour is basically pretty much in our backyard here in Baltimore, we've developed a really good friendship um, with the Under Armour Run Crew um, group. So that's pretty much how that how that came about. And the Under Armour Mountain Series is something that we wanted to do last year and then got the opportunity to do it this year. So we're, we're glad it happened. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, they seem like they've really worked hard to connect with different running groups, especially in urban communities. They because, are phenomenal. Because you guys weren't the do. only you guys weren't the only group that came up. It was no, pretty obvious that a bunch of, of yeah. people, they like everyone was repping their gear. Yeah, there were groups out of D.C. and New York and um, a whole bunch of other places. But they are phenomenal at what they do as far as going out into these different communities and cities and just really grabbing that uh, urban run group. And what is the benefit for that partnership? Like, how is it beneficial for both sides? Um, we just get to know a lot of people that we wouldn't normally have, have gotten to meet um, in different areas. And it's really become like a huge family. So anytime we all get together or Under Armour has an event, it's just a big party. It's just a big reunion and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So that race was something else because, <laughs> you know, especially for like, so, you know, I haven't done a trail race, man, maybe since like, I wouldn't even call it a trail race. You know, I've run, I ran cross country in high school for mm-hmm. a year. Like you would run, obviously it's not, it's, it's cross country. So you're supposed to run, you know, in the earth, you know, not on right. the ground, but like, it wasn't really the traditional trail races. Most of the time it was like, Hey, go run around the soccer field. <laughs> you know, maybe there might be uh-huh. some trees over there. So for me, it was a whole new experience. And I think the hardest part for me was probably the downhills. Cause I like was oh, yeah. so afraid that I was just going to like, you know, like break my legs basically. So I like probably went slower going downhill than I went going up the mountain. Yeah. People were flying down those hills and I was just like taking my time. At one point I just like got down into like a crawl and just decided I was going to go down this way because there was no way I was going to make it flying down the mountain like the other people going past me. Hold on. Um, Hold on. So were you actually like (laughs) on your hands and knees going down the mountain? I was I was reversed, so I was like like a crab walk. So like my butt was <laughs> that's up. straight that's yeah. straight Baltimore right there. Like you know like crab cakes and football. Yeah, yeah. Maryland represent, does. represent. <laughs> so that all right. So so for, so for the the five k, it mm-hmm. was or maybe I did the ten k. Now I'm forgetting. But either way, so for my race it was pretty simple. It was like up the mountain, down the mountain. Like there you go. <laughs> so for the twenty five k, it was obviously much more involved. So what was it like in terms of just the, the course and how many times did you like did you ascend versus going downhill what was it like for you guys 
I had no idea what to expect. I've never done a trail race and I've never been skiing. So to hike up or do a trail race up a black diamond ski slope was like incredibly insane, but it was, it was so fun. Um, it's just trail races. Uh, and I've heard this before I started doing trail. Well, before I did that one trail race is that they're really friendly and just really group, great, a group, great of people. And, um, you know, the food on the race course was like amazing. It was like bacon amazing. And, and, and Coke and like peanut butter pretzels. <laughs> and that was enough for me. Um, but it was a lot of just like power hiking up and a lot of trying not to bust my butt coming down. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And what was it like for you having that community feel? Obviously, you came up with the uh, the Riot Squad running crew. Is that how a lot of the races you do? Is that like the setting for a lot of the races? Do you usually go with that community feel? Or was that kind of a unique situation? No, this is the first race I've done where like a whole group of my friends have done it. Normally, I just, it'll be like maybe one or two of my girlfriends or maybe I'll just do a race by myself. But it, it felt really good to have you know, your crew and your, and your support squad with you. And I actually got lost three or four times on the course. <laughs> thank, oh, goodness, thank goodness I got cell reception up there because I had to call a few of my friends to try to figure out where I was. Um, but it was just fun. It was just a, an awesome time. So it was a 25K race. How far did you actually go then? I actually went about 27 and a half miles. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So actually, I had a guy on earlier, Thomas Paquette, uh-huh. who – I think he ran the 25K. Maybe, either in 25 or 50K. I, I'm pretty sure he ran the 25K. Um, either way, it doesn't really matter. Either He ran off course for like miles. Yeah. And then it had to turn around. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't even imagine I got like, lost. having to do that. Yeah, I got lost at like in the beginning of the race and then towards the end with like three miles left and then with like another mile left I got lost I got so lost to the point where I was off the trail and had to come back up the gravel road that we had to get to to the start I actually passed the start and had to come back around to get through, through the finish <laughs> and my friends were laughing at me like what are you doing I was like I got lost just leave me alone I just have to go back through and finish oh my god so I tried to like check out the course a couple weeks ahead of time because uh-huh. my buddy has like him and his wife they don't have kids so they they can spend money on fun things so they um <laughs> they actually have like times here up there so i went to go visit and i went running up the mountain up like one of the fire the fire roads uh-huh. and I, I go up and i come back and, I, and they're like hey where, where, where'd you go and did you go like up and down the road like the service road up and down the mountain and i'm like no 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 i actually went down in the I went up the trails and i showed i told them where and they they ski that place all the time uh-huh. and they're like oh dude like you shouldn't have done that i'm like what do you mean like i was fine you know no big deal like it was just one like i wasn't gonna get lost i just went up i went up a road and then back down the road and they're like no there's been bear sightings on that road somebody did tell me later that night that there was like a bear sighting i'm like oh well that that's good to know (laughs) (laughs) yeah after the fact yeah Yeah. exactly like i didn't want to like i figured like and they must have like handled the situation so i didn't Uh want to cause panic like the day of the race like hey what's going on with the bears but like yeah i did i definitely had it in the back of my mind so i was like very like aware on each turn like i don't want to get lost with bears well i'm glad you didn't say anything when i when i saw you because that would have totally freaked me out all right so so you you mentioned you got into to the rise running about three years ago Mm -hmm. um and now you're a group leader and it seems like the, the community, uh, running community and just community in general is like a big part of your life. So what, what about that organization and community in general is something that appeals to you? 
I just, I, when I started running, I was actually, I didn't, let me backtrack. I was not a runner. I did the elliptical, uh, I did the elliptical for maybe three or four times a week, 20 minutes. That's it. Don't ask me to do anything else. My job, um, I work at a, a pediatric hospital. I work in spinal cord injury. And my job about seven years ago put together a charity team uh, for the Baltimore Running Festival. They have different distances from 5K all the way up to a marathon. Um, and I had a girlfriend who loved doing marathons. She loved doing like 100-mile bike rides. And I thought she was absolutely crazy, but I secretly admired her for it. Um, so when this opportunity came up that my job you know, put together this, this charity team, she said, Allison, you know, we should really, this is the race. We should really do this. And I'm like, eh, I'm okay. I'm good. I'll just stick to the elliptical. And she's like, no, 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 we should do this. So I'm like, okay, let's do the 5K. And I thought that would be good enough for her, but it wasn't. And she looked at me and she was like, I'm not spending $100 to run around a block with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not to knock anybody who's, whose goal is a 5K because I honestly, I have never raced a 5K. I've done a handful of marathons and half marathons, but I've never raced a 5K. Um, well, as, as like a preeminent, as like, not preeminent, as like someone who primarily runs 5Ks, <laughs> I'm not taking offense. It definitely okay, does good. feel like running around the block. <laughs> But they're hard and they're fast. So anyway, I told her, I was like, well, we'll do the 5K. And she said, that wasn't good enough. Um, so in that moment, you know, when she said it wasn't good enough and we had to do a half, that was the, the, the least amount of distance we could do. Um, because we were doing it for, for our job and for our patients, I knew that because she saw something in me, um, I owed it to her to do it. And I owed it to my patients to do it. Because if I asked my patients to do something really hard every single day, there's no reason why me and my able-bodied self can't push myself hard to do as well so first race I did was a um a half marathon and it was with the support of the job I work for so it was it was great and I think that's kind of how I got involved in like the community aspect of running so how much training went into that because you mentioned earlier you were basically 60 60 minutes a week on the elliptical oh yeah so so what Um, was the training like for that very minimal I think I did maybe like two trainer runs. I think I did the eight mile run at my longest. And when I say run, I, I very loosely use that term. It was like a run walk. Um, it, I mean, it took me forever to do. I did nothing right the day before the race. I ate crap. I went and brought a brand new pair of shoes <laughs> and I, I wore them the day of the race. Yeah. Oh it was, my it was God. Good times. So, so you're a run coach now. You, it must, just like, it must just pain you to even like just like to even like talk about those mistakes like, I mean, like after it's the so fact. funny yeah i love new runners because i've been there i've made all the the mistakes that that one can make and should not ever make so when you had that experience right so you were secretly mm-hmm. looking up to your friend even though you thought she was a little crazy at right. the time so you finally had that experience you run that half marathon which mm-hmm. is a huge race for someone for, yeah. for anybody that's you know that's a lot of time on your feet no matter who you are but especially for a new runner. Um, so, yeah, so Baltimore what was that? Was hilly. Um, Good point. Good yeah, point. Baltimore so what was, was that really experience hilly. like? It was the most gratifying and painful experience <laughs> I, I had had up until that point. So I was doing good. I was doing like my walk run strategy um, up until mile seven. And then I felt my, my IT band just went pop at mile seven. And then it was like a hobble. Um, to the finish but I had two of my co-workers by my side so it was great so actually my finish line picture is me being supported through the finish line with a co-worker on each side of me it's like the funniest thing ever in life um yeah it was painful but the feeling I got from crossing the finish was like just this great sense of accomplishment and um you know before you before you become a runner you have this idea in your head of what a runner should look like and how fast a runner should go but on race day it's just like 
none of that matters. Everyone is just out there trying to crush their own goals. And that was like the most incredible part of the day for me. So you, so you sounds like you immediately got the bug from wanting oh, yeah. to do it again. Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so what did that mean? Like, what would that mean for you moving forward? It means that I took I took it more seriously. Um, I took my running more seriously. I took my training more seriously. I wanted to sign up for the, another race like within a few weeks. Um, and it just meant that I, I, you know, if you set a goal for yourself and you actually work towards it, you can actually do it, and you're you're far more capable of, of what you think you can do. So, did you have goals right away? Um, I had a goal to do another one. Now, time goals they they didn't come into place until like later. But my goal was just like to do more and in the finish and to get better. Okay. All right. So when you started down that path, how quickly did it take you to get involved with a run group or other runners and things like that? So um, my girlfriend that, that swindled me into doing this half, we, we used to run together a lot. Um, and we did another run up in Philly. We did the Philly half um, a few months after that. And then I found a group of girls with the train for my first marathon, which was really fun. Um, so up until that point, I think I had just pretty much, bonded with a couple of girlfriends that were really close to me that's how we did that and you mentioned earlier about your work at the pediatric hospital with mm-hmm. spinal cord injuries and uh your physical therapist assistant uh, at that hospital you mentioned when you said you wanted to do it for your patients right first of all why did you get into physical therapy and why did you go the path you went in terms of pediatric hospitals and such like a you know you know that's a pretty hardcore group to be in you know, this it isn't is. like, this isn't is. ankle injuries. You know, this is no, a, this is a yeah. real deal. <laughs> um, so funny enough, this is actually a second career for me. Uh, my first career was in HR, human resources. I did that for about two years of um, just really trying to get into the career. I was an administrative assistant and then just decided that I wasn't fulfilled. It just wasn't, it just really wasn't working for me. So I thought about it. I prayed about it. And, um, you know, I was like, I really like working out all, all of my 60 minutes of working out in the gym. I really like it. Um, and I really like helping people. So let me try to figure out what I want to do. And I knew it was something in the medical field, but it wasn't necessarily nursing. So I came up with this idea of physical therapy. So uh, um, at the time I was administrative assistant, I quit my job and I started bartending. And then I was a volunteer um, at the hospital I'm at now. And I, I went back to school and, and that's kind of how it happened. And um, from the volunteer position, they had a tech position open. So the tech is just the person that, you know, kind of makes sure everything is ready to go for the, the treatment session. So I did that while I was in school, uh, getting my therapist assistant degree. And then I graduated in uh, 2010, 2012, 2012, I graduated um, again. So. And what about these patients mm-hmm. in that in that area, you know, draws you in? Um, the neuro population is a very special population. No injury is the same. And I love working with people who need help. And these are, you know, these are just some people who've had a really tough break. These are like kids who have had diving accidents or car accidents or kids who just maybe have the flu one day and just are paralyzed from the neck down a few days later. Um, they need a lot of love and a lot of support. And that is one thing I'm good at. So that's interesting because i wonder how much of this is genetic because if i were to be in a room with kids who've gone mm-hmm. undergone these types of circumstances like for me mm-hmm. it would bum me out right it would it'd be hard for me Absolutely. To, to get up for them like obviously they need the positivity Absolutely. and that's like that's something that is like kind of i would assume mandatory if you're going to be working with that population so for me i would be like oh my god like i don't know if i could bring that like what about you 
was able to like rise to that challenge and be like, all right, I'm going to be this positive person in their life. Maybe even give them a kick in the butt when they need it. But like that positive outlook that they need to fulfill whatever goal they have ahead of them. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a culture shock. The first two weeks I worked there, I cried every single day on my way home from work. I just felt so awful and so bad for these. I mean, just these situations that, I mean, when, when we leave the house, we don't expect, so we expect to come back home just the way we left. We don't expect for a tragic accident to happen. We don't expect to, to have a traumatic phone call about anything. Um, so for the first two weeks I worked there, I cried every day. But the place I work at is just so full of hope. And kids are a lot more resilient um, than we give them credit for. And they, not to say that they don't know, but they don't really know. So they're just looking at it from, you know, we just have to make it fun for them. And they're going to get injured and we just have to make it, you know, make it fun. And, and it's just a place of hope. And um it's not really hard at the end of the day if you look at your patient as a, a source of resilience and strength. Because if we complain every day about simple things, you know, and just remember that, you know, my patients are going through a lot more than I'm going through. It definitely puts things in perspective. Now, have you seen yourself have a mindset shift since you worked there? In, absolutely. In, in regards um, to your own life? Absolutely. Um, every time I run, do a long run, I, I carry one of my patients with me on every single run, every single marathon. I might cry, I might tear up just thinking about something I've done with the patient or how hard a patient has worked that week. Um, even in my, my daily life, you know, I don't complain about little things as much as I used to, um, just because my, my whole outlook is just different. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Now, when you're at work, mm-hmm. do you feel, do you, can you feel yourself like, like, do you have to give yourself like pep talks to stay positive or is that just like the culture of that work environment where it's just like, that's the, the culture. And once you plug in, you just, you just go. No, absolutely. I mean, um, I think anyone in healthcare knows that you have to check your emotions at the door because it's, it's not about you anymore. It's about your patient. Um, so there, there are definitely times when, you know, you, you might have a patient that, that cries or a patient that um, is going through a really hard time. And it's just, you just have to be empathetic and it's, it's kind of hard to, to not be empathetic when, when someone is going through so much. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and there must be times where you kind of have to straddle the line between like being empathetic, but also being that person who's, <laughs> you know, the person who's going to be like, the, you know, kind of kick them in the right direction so that you you're, you've empathy, but not sympathy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially, um, you know, like kids, kids are fun to treat and, you know, kids with injuries are the same as kids without injuries. They get a little whiny sometimes and need their snap breaks and they need a, they need a cuddle hug from mom. What do you mean? My kids don't <laughs> whine at all ever. <laughs> so, you know, at first, you know, when I first started treating, I, you know, I really babied and, and coddled these kids, but now it's like, all right, you have 15 seconds to cry and then we're moving on. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. And it's funny because they, they almost always, you know, they'll, uh, they'll fit themselves to whatever they're like expected to do on some mm-hmm. level. I, so, sometimes they just, they'll lose their minds, but anyway, <laughs> maybe that's just my kid. Um, so I actually, so I knew this was your job. Uh-huh. We, we, we had talked about it and right. I was aware of it because I've been following you. Um, and then all of a sudden, three months ago or so, I was at work and I had popped on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm like, hold on a second. I think I know who this is. So also there was a video playing in front of me of this gentleman. Uh, and I, pardon me, I don't know his age, but he was you know, working hard to, yeah. to kind of get back to walking. He had leg braces on and mm-hmm. he kind of had a walker in front of him of some capacity and he was struggling to move his legs forward and 
There was this woman <laughs> behind him supporting him and a woman in front of him pushing herself backwards on like a rolling chair yeah, yeah. and kind of helping his feet along. And I'm like, holy cow, that's Allison Staples right there. I, <laughs> I, I know her. And I'm sitting there and like this, this video had gotten a ton of views and like even more comments. It was this very aspirational video of someone who you knew was been through a lot and was working hard, but like you were working hard too in that yeah, video. Yeah, I definitely and, sweat every day when I go to work. <laughs> and But it was so, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, I can only imagine what every day is like, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if this has happened before, but like, what was that like for you to even have something like that kind of gain traction out like in the public? For you, it was just like a normal day at work. Right, it was just a normal day. So that's the crazy thing. So um, this patient in particular, he is, I think now he's in his 30s, but he got injured his first football game of his high school career. So he's a freshman um, in high school, just went in for a routine tackle and ends up breaking his neck and paralyzed from C5 down. So technically, he should only be able to move his, his biceps, but he's an incomplete injury, meaning that he has, you know, some, some feeling and some motor function below um, his level of injury. Anyway, that particular day, just like any other day, he comes in, he's like, I want to walk today. I'm like, okay, fine, let's go for it. So I harness him up in a harness, give him a platform walker to help him support his arms, and I sit in front to help him advance his legs until he can kind of get a rhythm in doing himself. And there's a person behind him kind of just help, helping him keep his, uh, keep his hips forward while he walks. Um, so we would have taken some really good steps. And then he was like, I think I want to record this. So I'm like, okay, great, go for it. And then we just recorded it. But this is, had been nothing that we hadn't done before. So, um, you know, he takes this great video. I'm like, man, that was a really good walk. Still thinking that it wasn't anything like out of the ordinary because we have done it so many times before. He's been my patient for like six years now. So it's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but then I started getting like all these emails and, and DMs and just like all these messages like, hey, Allison, I, I saw your big head all over the internet. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the video went viral. It's got like a million views on this and like 100,000 views and it's been shared like all these times. I'm like, oh man, that's amazing. So it was just incredible to see like the feedback um, that he was getting from, you know, all of his years of hard work and he's been injured for a while. So for him to get that, it was such a, a positive uh, reassurance just to keep going. Because in those moments, like, you really do get down. Spinal cord injury is a, a chronic disease, so it's not something that it can be fixed in two or three months. Some of these patients are living with these for, for, life, for, life, for their whole life. Um, and it gets hard sometimes to want to motivate yourself to keep going. But for him to get that reassurance that he was doing well was just incredible. And then um, just to see it on camera, it was like, oh, man, you really, you really did do a good job that day. Yeah, it was inspirational to see, you know, and it's, it's, it's for a lot of people, it's something mm-hmm. they don't see every day right. or ever. So it really was a different frame of reference in terms of like, all right, what it, what it actually means to work hard. Not yeah. necessarily, that shouldn't see it like that because you can work hard no matter how able-bodied you are, mm-hmm. right? Hard work is hard work and it's not, it doesn't require a disability of any sort to do right. it, but it, it definitely is a, is a difference that a lot of people don't see. Yeah, so, you, when, yeah. so when you see that, all the time like does it shape how you view things either you've done in the past or how hard you want to work in the future or if you're in a hard race like hey like what am I capable of doing like just from a human potential standpoint yeah has it shifted for you I mean spinal cord injuries your your body is just not cooperating at all so for me sometimes when I'm out on a run I'm like 
and I, I'm feeling really good. Like my, my run is high, it's kicked in. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like my body is doing what it's supposed to do. I can, my body's regulating its blood pressure the way it's supposed to. I can move my foot. I can move my hands. Like I have full control of everything I'm supposed to have control of. So that, that always takes over doing a run. And it's just made me so appreciative of everything that, you know, sometimes we, we take for granted, just little things. Um, so it's definitely spilled over into my personal life a lot. And again, I carry, I carry somebody with me on every single run of my runs. And so funny enough that um, my job, we still have our charity team and we have a traveling hand cycle team now. So it's really cool just to do some of the races with our, our guys on the hand cycle team. So it's a lot of times like I'll do a race right beside them. So it's fun to have that like competitive edge. They'll, they'll like trash talk me. I'm trying to like run up a hill. <laughs> they'll trash talk me as they like whiz by me going down a hill. So it's really fun to get that, the whole aspect of that. Oh man. That I love that. How like, I love that whole competitive nature. Like, do you, you know, do you feel like there are certain characteristics of people that you work with? And I guess this could be of any age mm-hmm. where like if they have these characteristics or personality traits, like maybe they're more likely to get the their to reach their full potential in therapy than other than other folks. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of my patients are, are young males and, and it's just the nature of a spinal cord injury. Um, just not risky behaviors, but like diving accidents, you know, just outliving your, your normal day life. So a lot of my patients are, are males um, and they miss that competitive edge. They miss, you know, trash talking. They miss going out and, you know, just being active and, and athletic. So to see that come back to them and to see their quality of life improve because now they had these opportunities is just really great. And it's amazing. And it, you know, it just inspires everyone around them. So yeah, they put in the hard work. They, they do ropes. They do what they can. They do like arm bikes and then, you know, data race is, is trash talking. They trash talk each other. They trash talk people on the course. We've gotten in trouble with them trash talking people on the course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lighten up, people. Lighten up. Yeah, yeah. It's people fun. are just trying to people are just trying to get good. All right. So how about the other how about the other side of, out of it though? Like yeah. are there certain traits that maybe especially someone early in the early in their therapy process or mm-hmm. just their, you know, whatever term you want to use, we're like, all right if they have these characteristics, maybe it's going to hamper them or it's going to like slow their process down or they're going to continue to plateau early. Like what characteristics do you see in certain people that you know, like, Hey, if they don't, you know, start to get a shift here, this is not mm-hmm. going to work out in their favor. So there are definitely some physical limitations. Like all of our patients aren't able to do hand cycle events or even do some of that stuff. Um, but you know, the mental will just to do it is takes up like 75% of it. So as long as you think you can and like really train hard, we try to get as many people as we can on our team. Yeah. So I would think that there's also something to be said for just the, the idea of seeing someone else's rehab go well, that can inspire another individual to, yeah. then, you know, to, to work hard and maybe try to get the same sort of result. Absolutely. So for our newly injured patients who are kind of like down on the luck and not and trying to figure out where to go in life and trying to figure out life in their new body, we always try to team them up with someone who's been injured for a while and can show them the ropes of like, hey, this is how you get your chair in the car. This is how you maneuver around curbs or this is how you do this. So we always try to link up um, some newly injured people with some people who have done it for a while. So you're leading people in your job here as a physical therapist assistant, right? You're literally leading them to a goal that they want to get. You're a run coach. You're, you know, kind of co-leading the, 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 your run riot squad. Yeah. Has this been, 
you know, how you've lived your life all along? Have you always kind of trying to kind of gravitated towards a leadership role? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so what's I, I wanted, I wanted none of the spotlight. Um, just, just running has given me this insane confidence. I don't know where it came from, but I really can't imagine my life without it now. Um, Running's given me such a confidence and a discipline I didn't have before. And um, I just, it makes you talk to yourself differently. Like in those hard moments on the race, you have to talk to yourself differently to, to push through. So I think that spilled over into every other aspect of my life. And it's making me level up, if you will. So what were you like before, say 10 or 15 years ago? Uh, 10 or 15 years ago, you know, I did my 20 minutes on elliptical, maybe a couple push-ups, a few squats. <laughs> And and that was about it. And I did my job and, and went home and, you know, ate dinner and woke up the next day and did the same thing again. And that was it. So, I had I had some girlfriends, but, you know, nothing like the sense of community that, that we have now, that I have now. How about from a personality standpoint? Like, did, were you just more, like, laissez-faire about things? Or were you, you know, you seem like a very, not take charge, like, um, not like in a bossy way, but like yeah. take charge, like, like, you know what you want and you're going to work hard for it. Yeah. I was way more nonchalant. I wasn't as confident, had a lot more self-esteem issues. My anxiety was like through the roof. Um, you know, I had some dep- depression issues, but all of that, not to say that all of it has subsided, but running has definitely helped curb all of that. And give me, again, giving me like this great confidence that I don't know where it came from, but I'm glad it's here. And now you're, you're run for all women ambassador. What does that entail? Um, so it's a group of women and we're just out about and community. Oh, sorry. We're just out and about in the community. We have, um, it's about a group of 20 of us. Um, there are four leaders and we're all throughout different cities. And our job is just to go and, and give women the knowledge that they have the power to vote. Like there's extreme strength in, in a woman's vote. And, um, I, I think that sometimes we don't realize it, but you know, our goal this year was to flip Congress so we went out and we raised some money and we backed some cannons and we're proud of what we've done. So how does that connect to the running component? Oh, so we, we've put on, um, we put on events in different cities. We've, we have a group on Strava. Um, so we're just really using running as a vehicle for social change. So if you're athletic or if you are just new to fitness or even a walker, if you just log, go on a Strava and like log some miles, um, it's just really about community. And about oh, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so it's like more ways to kind of connect with each other. Yeah, and we do like events where we'll have like some leaders out in the community come out and just talk about it, like whatever issues going on in the community. So we do things like that. So, what advice would you give to people? You know, whether in a, they're in an urban setting, suburban, rural, whatever, mm-hmm. and they want to like kind of, you know, kind of create a more communal atmosphere around their running or their activities, but they feel now they're just kind of like, you know, it's kind of like they do their workout and then they go home. And it's more of just like an individual sport as opposed to the community sport that you created or, or have been like, you know, nurtured in Mm -hmm. over the past, you know, three to five years. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to create something similar to what you're living right now? Um, Use social media to your advantage. I know sometimes, you know, we get on here and we compare ourselves a lot to other people, but social media can be a good thing. So just go and, Use social media, find people through hashtags, um, you know, see what everyone's out doing and just just get out and run. Find the popular areas in your community and just run those routes. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll meet someone. And it's interesting because you guys use social media for for the Rise Squad mm-hmm. to, you know, to find something local. Like oftentimes, like, you know, and maybe this is just how it's worked with my podcast, like 
it's funny. Like I never get anybody in Rhode Island that's <laughs> ever known known anything about my podcast like, at all. <laughs> However, like I went out to the California International Marathon. Uh-huh. It was hysterical. It was like going to a family reunion. That's so Everyone funny. Was like, hey, hey, Matt, what's going on? You know, I got that all the time, and it was so interesting because I'm like, hey, no one in Rhode Island even knows that I exist from a running perspective. But then here I am in Sacramento, and it's like the exact opposite. And I felt like it's so interesting for you because you've kind of not that there's people who don't know there's people people who you know in California who know you are too but it's like you've used it in a very different way like you targeted the local community in a way that I think is very interesting considering social media's reach is like you know it can go anywhere I honestly have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) I just try to bring people together so like I have friends and like associates through different run clubs. And I'm like, Hey, so-and-so is having a race. You should do this. Or, Hey, so-and-so is having a bike ride. You should do this. So like for perfect example, for my charity team this year, somehow we ran out of escort bicyclists to, to escort our hand cycles throughout the course. Um, And through the run for all women organization, I met up with a really good leader of the Baltimore um, November project. So we've been working together all year and I knew she was a good resource for like a lot of other community people. So I reached out to her like, Hey, we are lacking on, on bicyclists for our hand cycles. Do you have anyone? She's like, yeah. So she came up with like nine people and it was great all through November project. Um, and it was amazing just to see like what she could do, but it was just like a simple question of, Hey, do you know anyone who could do this? So it's just really about like using your resources and pulling even like that one person because everyone knows at least one other person that can help you out in some way. So that that's what I do. I really have no idea what I'm doing. I just ask questions. <laughs> no, but you're also so genuine and so uplifting and so positive and so easy to be around. Oh, thank um, you. That I can see why it's worked for you. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show. I definitely want to ask you a couple questions before you get going that I like to ask every guest. But before I do, I always want to say thank you because Talking to you is so much fun. You're a fast talker like me. So I, feel I feel like we've covered like 75 minutes worth of normal topics in 35 minutes. Sorry, I hope everyone got that. Because you talk so fast. I remember I, I lived out in Coronado, which is an island off San Diego for a summer. Uh-huh. So I had a, a college friend who lived out there and I just like slept on their couch for like three months. And the entire time I was out there, I, everyone told me I talked too fast. So every time I would start talking, people would just say, like, slow down. So I started talking like this. Yeah. And it was painful. Yeah, so that... I can appreciate the speed <laughs> with which you talk. I'm glad we were able to keep up with each other. <laughs> there you go. All right. So when you're out on a run, say you're not running with friends, you're just running solo. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing headphones or no headphones? I, I'm not wearing headphones. Okay. All right. So what is not, um, if you're going to do like, say like a speed session or something like some quality workout, not just an easy run, what is your favorite kind of workout to do? Um, my favorite workout is probably the quarter mile. Um, and I know as a marathon, I should do like 800, but I just really like fast and easy and get it over. Not easy. Just get it over with. So how many would you normally do? Um, I normally do about eight, 10, like a mile warm up, eight to 10. Okay. And then do you like to do walking break, jogging break? How do you do the recovery? I do a jogging break. Okay. 
That sounds good. I, I like the quarter miles too, and that's probably why I'm not a marathoner. <laughs> I like doing I like doing the quarter mile repeats. Um, all right. So if you could do one more race the rest of your life, I'm sorry. If you could do only do one more race the rest of your life, but you could do it every year, what race would that be? I absolutely love Richmond Marathon. It is the I mean, it's built as like the friendliest marathon. It is so pretty. It's in November. The fall foliage is out. The trees are just pretty. The last. I don't know, 10th of a mile is like straight downhill. There are people out. They give you M&Ms. I'm a big foodie. So they give you M&Ms and gummy bears and Coke. Actually, any race that gives you M&Ms and Coke, I'm there. I could do it forever. <laughs> yeah, you brought that up about killing too. Yeah, killing yeah. Too. We're bringing this full circle yeah. on the food. <laughs> no, that's great. All right. So what is a bucket list race for you? Uh, Boston. I want to eventually qualify for Boston in a few years. All right. And then last one. Who is your dream running partner? Um, I love the marathon Marcus. He is my absolute favorite runner. He's just so positive and smiley. And I love his story of how, you know, he didn't used to run a lot and his, what his first marathon time was. And now he's like a six star world Abbott marathon world major. He's just like incredible. So I would love to partner up with him one day. If I ever get across the pond. You can definitely. I love how you try to throw the British accent on there. That did you, nice. did you hear it? That, I tried. That was very nice. Bit. Okay. I almost didn't say anything because I wasn't sure if it was by accident. <laughs> no, no, but, um, it was on purpose. <laughs> actually, Marcus and I were, were texting each other today. Oh, oddly awesome. enough. So no, what a what a great guy he is, and he was on the show uh, several months ago. But yeah, no, what an awesome guy he is. That's for sure. And yeah, you know, I mean, hey, he's done six marathon majors. You don't have to go over there necessarily. I mean, hey, if you can, go for it. But he can he can always come this way. That's he's true. done it several times before. That is true. All right. Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show. Last thing, if someone wants to connect with you on social media, how can they do it? I am Eliop Run. So it's A-L-I-O-O-P underscore uh, big O underscore little O underscore runs. <laughs> All right, Instagram. I'll put it. In, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay, don't worry, perfect. people. <laughs> you don't have to write that down. Allison, have a great night. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, you too, Matt. Thank you, Allison, for coming on the show. Thank you again to Mercury Mile and Megaton Coffee for sponsoring the Rambling Runner podcast. You can get deals on both of these great spots, services, websites by using promo code Rambling Runner ten at each. Also. I mentioned it last web, last episode. I also posted on social media yesterday. I'm going to be doing a 5K and a meetup at the um, the flat 5K, which is also the old fashioned 10 miler. So the 5K is at 10 o'clock. The 10 milers at 10:45. This is Sunday, February 17th, in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Foxborough is right between Providence and Boston. So if you're in the New England area, come on out. February 17th is a Sunday and we're going to run the 5k and then meet at a local coffee shop right around the corner from where the start line is. Go to my Instagram rambling underscore runner to get the details. That should be fun. Um, you know, it's a, it's the beginning of the year. It's nice to test yourself, see where your fitness is. That's definitely going to be the case for me. No PRs at this race. Not in my case. I can tell you that, but it's nice to see where you are beginning of the year and then just get better and better as the year goes along. I'm knocking on wood as I say that because I certainly hope that's the case. So I hope you can get out there if you are in the area. If not, 
Hopefully we can do more of these in the future. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing and for for reviewing the show. It's all greatly appreciated. So have fun and happy running.